Don't worry about it. Keep don't worry about it. Okay. Matthew 10, verse 34. Now, I want you to understand that Jesus is relational. And he's speaking to 12 disciples. And in the Bible, the number 12 is so important because it represents the people of God. He chose 12 disciples because it represents every tribe of Israel. So he's wanting to speak to each one of us, young and old. He was wanting to speak. That's why he chooses 12. You know, in, 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 in Revelation, there's a new heaven. And it's got 12 gates. And it's got 12 foundations with the 12 disciples. And when Israel came out of uh, Egypt and they crossed across the Jordan, they put 12 stones representing the people of God because Israel was 12 tribes. And when we get saved, He draws us into, He says you get grafted into His family. I want you to hear this this morning, that you are part of His family. When you believe in Jesus, when you believe that he died and rose for you. You, he, God the Father, somehow, miraculously, by his spirit, I don't know how, but he makes you part of his family. And he loves you. And when he's talking, yeah, he's talking to the 12 representatives to say, I want you to speak to my people. And I want them to work, hear you from a relational place. Last week we asked the question, where will I get the courage from relationship? That's where you'll get the courage. It's from relationship with your Father. Not from religion. Not from practicing some form of religion. That's, that, that will never empower you. It will never strengthen you. It will never gird you up. It will never breathe life into you. It will actually do all the opposite. It will drain you of energy. It will take all the discipline you have to maintain a religious exercise. It will take you beating yourself over and over and over. And you don't need to do that. You don't need to go to the place where you, where you have to say, Lord, look at what I am doing so you can love me. Because He loves you. He's already loving you. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not crying because there's something wrong. <laughs> Just in case you... <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. That's all. And Jesus speaks from this place and he says this. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I've come to set a man against his father and a daughter against the mother, and a daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves his father or his mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves his son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And this is a hard word. Yeah. 
This is a hard word. If you are married and you and your spouse have had a fight before, you know how that hurts. You know how that hurts. If your child has been sick, just put it a little bit softer. If your child has been sick and they come to you one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, oh, kids, you don't know what this is. Just in case you the guys don't know yet. You don't know. You don't have a clue because you're not a parent. But when that child comes to you and they're sick and they're vomiting and it feels like your arms are chopped off right here and you can do nothing. And you scratching through your medicine cupboard and you know you won't even want to go to the hospital or the doctor or phone, phone a friend. What do I do? My child is burning up. I don't know what to do. We've done everything. What do we do? The kid's crying, he's screaming, and you're holding him and you're doing everything you can. And, and that pain. Because you love them. Because you love them. Jesus comes to that place. That's where he comes. And he says, who do you love more? Who do you love more? Me or your child? Me or your spouse? Me or your father or your mother? Who do you love more? This is hard. It's difficult. But we need to understand it's from a relational place. It is not a either you love me or you love them. It is I did not spare any cost for your salvation. There's nothing that Jesus saved I won't do that. I won't go that far. He's not meatloaf. You know? I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. Okay. Once again, right over your heads. <laughs> right over your heads. You can go listen to meatloaf, okay? They called him meatloaf because that's what he did to his music teacher's toe when he stepped on it. He made a meatloaf of it because he was a big boy. <laughs> you see, Jesus is saying, I didn't spare anything. I went to every cost, every detail, every, I did everything possible for your salvation. I placed you first. You see, right from the beginning, See, Jesus is not a plan B. He didn't say, oh, Adam, what are you doing? He didn't go, oh, Pat, what are you doing? He said, let us make man. The Father said, let us make man. The Holy Spirit said, you know what he's going to do, you know? Yes. And Jesus said, don't worry, I'll die. I love them. I'll die. Off the bat. Off the bat. Not I'm going to look how good they are and what they do and how talented they are, how beautiful they are, or how much they will praise my name. I will love them while they hate me. 
He didn't spare anything. And when he was being beaten, he didn't look to heaven and say, is this worth it? You see, he wasn't so worried about how cool you are, or how popular you're going to be, or how angry you're going to be with him. Whether you're going to reject him, or whether you're going to ignore every time he calls you, and every time he wants to speak to you, every time he reaches out to you. He, he didn't care if you're going to ignore him. I love you. I love you. I love you. And whether you want to believe it or not, I love you. He just kept on saying that. Every time they beat him. And when they put those thorns in his head. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. Wilco, no, I don't know. I can't do it for him. That comes from the long side of the tracks. I don't know. That guy's the wrong skin color. That one's far too naughty. I don't know. No. He wore that crown thought of you when they put the nails in his hands he didn't scream out he didn't cry out he didn't say ah stop it it's not worth it he could the word says that he could have summoned the angels and they would have taken him off the cross and destroyed the whole earth but he thought of you he placed you first in his life. Everything. He didn't spare a cost. And now he's talking to these 12 disciples. And he said, I didn't come to bring peace between people. I came to bring a sword between those who want to believe my word and those who do not want to believe. I'm right in there in the middle. I want you to place me first because I placed you first. You see, I want to go to our next, just Luke 9, verse 18 and 22. And I want to show you an interaction that Jesus has with these 12 guys. And he's talking to them. And if we want to know how Jesus deals with us, we just need to look how he deals with his Disciples. You see, I, I'm sometimes very intimidated about these preachers and gifted guys that are so spiritual and they hear the word of God and they've got these revelations and they can share it and they bring these magic. And I'm thinking, well, I can't live up to that. If I'm just a normal guy sitting in a chair and I'm looking, wow, this is, where does he get this? You know, he, I can't attain this revelation. I don't know how to do that. So it's comforting to me that I can read and understand. Because all of us can read and understand. I want to be in that category and I want to speak to you and say, just, just read and understand what Jesus is saying. You don't need revelation. You don't need to be, have this big thing. Listen to what he says there in Luke 9. And it came to pass as he was praying apart, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, I want you to understand, Jesus is asking his disciples, the 12. So Jesus is asking us, who, 
Who do the multitudes say I am? Jesus asking him this morning, who do you say he is? Who do you say he is? I had a conversation with a woman this week. I believe he's a great prophet, a guy of a lot of influence. And that is just a book. That's just a book. You know what? Please just go see how often you've opened this in the last week. And that will tell you what you say this is. If you've opened this daily and read it and consumed and say, I want what's in here. Then you're saying, this is not a book. This is food for my spirit. This is the word of God. But if it's lying in your desk or in some cupboard and collecting dust, you are saying, you and I are saying, it is just a book. And Jesus says, sorry, you know. Who do you say, who do the multitude say that I am? Who's Jesus? He's just a nice guy that the pastor talks about and my mom and dad keeps on praying and saying, this is important, this is important. Listen, go to the next verse, thank you. And they answered him, some say. Can, I want you to understand who initiated this conversation. Jesus is not far removed and distant and, and wanting you to achieve. Or These were normal fishermen, stinking, swearing, smelling, making mistakes, wanting to barney everybody. These guys are rough, just normal people like you and I. And Jesus starts the conversation. You see, none of us can be good enough to earn God to speak to us because we all fall miserably, miserably short of the glory of God. Maybe you got it right and you don't swear when you don't punch or hit your finger with a hammer. You and I still fall miserably short of the glory of God. When we wake up in the morning, our breaths, they all got that same smell. The smell of death and decay. And we have to go chase the dragon out. We fall short of the glory of God. Yet Jesus says to you and I, who do you say I am? As in, and they answered him. They said, I want you to see the language that they are using here. I want you to see the relational language. They're not saying, Oh dear Lord Jesus Christ, our Father. Sa, 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 sa. Mm. Some, some, Lord, some say going to Shakespearean English. Some Say that you are the John the Baptist. They're just talking normal. They're saying, Jesus, some say you're John the Baptist. Others, sa, 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 sa. Elijah, oh, 
No, just some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others, that you're one of the old prophets and has risen again. Can you hear what the people are saying? They're speaking religious. They are speaking, they're trying to conjure up. Oh, it must be Elijah. It must be a prophet. La, 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 la. And they change their language and they don't relate. And there's no relationship. And Jesus' heart breaks because he wants relationship. He wants to talk to you. That's why he starts the conversation normal. He says, who do they say I am? He doesn't go on a mountain, summons lightning. <laughs> who do they say I am now? He's not into that. He's into relationship. Can we go to the next one? And he said unto them, but who do you say I am? And Peter, the guy with foot and mouth, mouth disease, okay? Who's got foot and mouth disease Yeah, I often have foot in mouth disease. Yeah. I'll tell you a little story. We went cycling. And old Dudley and Rustin, they've taken me to the ends of the earth. There where the scripture is written, where shall my strength come? I look up to the hills. I was on the hill. They were looking at me. Strength does not come from me. And we're cycling. I'm a dead man walking. I'm pale. And we're cycling. And Dudley, and they say, no, they're going to go up. And they explain the route to me. And, -da 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 -da. and I said, don't worry. I'll find my way. And, I, and I'm coming. And I'm coming. But they off, and I'm coming. And eventually, I don't know, they probably, they've cooled down. They've had a Coke. You know, they've relaxed. And then they decided, well, maybe they're going to go just that way around to see if I'm coming. And I'm coming. And I'm like, Go on ahead. I'm, I've got the road. You know, I'm coming home. And they're like, you already lost, mate. Yes, love the forget about. They had such a laugh at me. Foot and mouth disease right there and there. Foot. You see, Peter's the guy with foot and mouth disease. He always ran his mouth way before he could think. And what does he do? He jumps in there relational because jesus knows him and he knows jesus and he doesn't go on his knees and raises his hands and anoints his head and does i don't know what they do these days they got this hop skip and stuff then they go onto the soccer pitch and nothing nothing he says jesus you are the christ you are the son of god relationship you see jesus is saying if i'm just a human being if i'm just a philosophy if you can read about me in the bible and you think this is a nice way to live your life and to well i'm going to pray before every meal you get people so religious that they can't have a glass of water without Let's pray to the Lord for water. And I, I'm almost wondering if they pray before they have a bath. And I, Lord, I'm going to thank you for this bath. Bless this bath. It's holy water. 
relationship, not dogma, not whoa, la la la. He says, Peter says to him, I, he says, Peter says to him, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the one that came to set us free, to set us, to rescue us, to save us. You are our deliverer. You see, when I sit here, and I'm talking to the young guys here, and I'm more concerned about what that girl's got on, and how that one's oh, nice phone, that's a nice phone. You say, we say, that Jesus is just another guy. He's just another philosophy. He's only as real as the next book on the shelf. He's just as real as the set of school rules I have to abide by. No. Peter, a fisherman, it doesn't take a rocket science to get this. A rocket scientist. It takes a normal person. Peter, a fisherman, says, you, sir, are the Messiah. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are more than a prophet. And he said to him, but who do you say I am? So you are the Christ. But he charged them. And this is what Jesus does. Then he said to them, I command you, don't tell anybody right now. In Matthew, he says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. What's he saying? It's not because there was some smart pastor that can elegantly speak or some guy in a home cell group that's very convincing or even your own intellect that you have conducted or concluded. It says, my father in heaven revealed it to you. And it says, on this revelation that you know that Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He says, on that revelation, on that revelation, not even hell can stand in your way. Nothing. When you get it. When you get it. When you understand it. I can see when people are saved a mile away. I can see a mile away whether they're acting religious or they have a relationship with Jesus. Do you know I can see it? There's a tenderness in their heart. There's a seriousness when they talk about the Lord. They're not a religiousness. No, no. There's just something in them that says, whoa, we're not talking about Gary Player right now. We're talking about the Lord. When somebody reads out the Bible, they don't say, Oh, it's just a Bible. They actually take that thing and take it in. They want it. They want it because they know it's the King of Kings. So if we can go back to Matthew 10. Thank you. Verse 34. See, I don't come to bring peace between the unbeliever and the believer. I've brought a sword. That your enemies will be that of your own household. When you start standing up. Your children will start hating you. And your parents will start hating you. When you start standing up. And if you and I. And this is what Jesus is talking from a relational place. He said from a relational place. He says. 
I want you to see when I spoke to my disciples, which represents the people of God, and I'm coming back for the people of God, for the 12 tribes, the 12 nations, the 12 stones, the 12 gates, the 12 elders. When I come back, I'm going back for my people. And how you become one of my people is that you get a revelation that Jesus is Lord. That he's not a prophet. But that this is not a mere book, but it's the word of God. And that he's not a man. But that he's God. And when you stand up and you start putting your life in order, even your own family will start hating you. Because you're going to say, we can't watch that anymore. Not because it's religion. It's because Jesus placed himself first for me and my salvation. Therefore, I can place my life for him first. And no compromise. I'm no longer watch the movies that uses his name and that swears. I'm no longer going to, to watch this violence. I'm no longer going to entertain this. I'm no longer going to do it. It is no longer okay to have... X, Y, and Z to walk in certain lifestyle habits. That sin is sin. And righteousness is righteousness. And wrong is wrong. And right is right. Not because I want to condemn you. Not because I'm thinking I'm better than you. But because Jesus is number one. It's my number one relationship. Because he didn't spare anything for my salvation. Therefore, I will not spare anything of my life. And he says, and this is where Jesus' words become harsh and unfriendly and kind. When we view it from a place where we don't have relationship. He says, if it's not so, you're not worthy of me. Then my death, the price that I pay, is not worthy of you. If everything I gave and everything I did is not good enough for you and you still choose something else above me, then obviously I'm not good enough for you. What more must I do? Can you hear he's talking from relationship? He's not talking from judgmental. He's not talking. He's talking from, I want to have relationship with you. I've done everything I can to pay the price to have you as my children. To talk to you, to walk with you, to open doors for you, to heal you. If that's not good enough, what must I do? Then obviously it's not good enough. This morning, would you please close your eyes? Father, we thank you so much. Thank you for the price that you paid, Jesus. Thank you that you're crying out. To us and that you did not hold anything back you left your throne in heaven and you came down to earth and it, it lord it was worth it for you and you got beaten and you got manhandled and you got spat on and you got mocked and teased and hurt and crucified and it was worth it for you to die for us This morning, Father, we, we don't have the tools and we don't have the strength and we don't, we don't even have the resolve to set our alarms for five o'clock and keep to it, Lord. So we can't come and stand before you and say, because of 
the sincerity of my prayer or the fortitude of my character. I can only come this morning and say, I accept. And I want you to pray with me this morning. If you've never done this, if you've never, maybe you've done it a million times and there's been no difference in your life. And maybe this is the first time this morning. I want you to pray with me. If you mean it, and if you, if, you are, if you hear the word of God, if the revelation has come to you this morning, that Jesus is not a mere man or a prophet, and that the Bible is not a mere book, but the word of God, and that God wants to have a relationship with you. If that revelation has come to you, if, if in your heart this morning there's a belief, yes, 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 this is it, this is it. I want you to pray with me. Because it's what He is doing. It is what He is doing. He is saving people. I want you to pray after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I am so lost. I am so full of sin. I fall short of the glory of God. And I am deserving of hell. But God, you made a plan. You came down on earth and you died in my place. That which I was guilty of, you took on yourself to set me free. I believe that with my whole heart this morning. I confess it with my mouth. That you died and you rose again and you are alive. I believe that. Thank you for saving me. I'll make you number one in my life today. Not because of my strength. Lord, but because of who you are. Will you do it in me, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit? In Jesus' name I ask. I want every head bowed, every set of eyes closed. If that's the first time you've prayed something like that this morning, I'm going to ask you, just look at me. If that's the first time you've prayed something like that, would you please just look at me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you for those souls that are saved today. Heaven, your words is heaven rejoices over one person. Thank you, Lord. That three sets of eyes looked at me this morning. That three sets are ripped out of hell. We give you all the honor and all the glory.
Lord, thank you that you come and work in our lives. In Jesus' name. Won't you stand up? I want to bless you before we go out this morning. Would you open your hands? Just, just in, a, in a receiving manner. A blessing is a heavy thing. It's a weighty thing. And, a, and it's not a light thing. It's very important. As ambassador of the kingdom of heaven, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21 says that we are ambassadors. And I'm acting as an ambassador this morning of the kingdom of heaven. And I want to speak what is in heaven into your life on the earth. I want to bring that down as it is in heaven so on earth and i want to bless you with what you have in heaven because in the ephesians says you're already blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places and i want to bless you with that this morning i want to come and bring it into your life and release it into your life in jesus name as ambassador of the kingdom of heaven i bless you this morning I enable you to prosper in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I bless you with the heart to place Him first. I bless you with a hunger to seek after Him. I bless you with a mentality that is not ashamed of who He is. I bless you this morning with the love of God poured out into your heart by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Father, as we stand, thank you, Lord, that we can sow back into your kingdom this morning, that you give increase and that you bless. Lord, and as we give, that you would give back to us. Your word says that you'll press down and stir it up and give it to us an overflowing. Thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take up the offering at the door. The guys are going to go to the door. They're going to take up the offering. Let's go have coffee. God bless you.